0: All right, what year are we in? Yes, thank you, 2024. How many of you are like me, and sometimes it takes you about six months to realize when you write the the number down, oh yes, it is 24, not 23. I mean, I grew up in America, and we had these things called checkbooks. It was this little paper thing that you would write uh, money, write an amount on and write it to, and then you would hand them a check, and that's your way of giving money to someone. How many of you are familiar with checks? I mean, I overpaid my, my son's ferskula this week, this last two weeks ago, and I got two checks in the mail. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with these? We're sweet and we don't... So on it, it says, take it to Press Presbyron or 7-Eleven, or you could use it at one of these stores. So I took it to Press on and they swished the money to me. Minus 69 crowns. What?! I made I I made a mistake and overpaid you and I have to pay the price for it? Whatever. Okay. But anyways, checks. And it would take me a long time to go. Oh yeah, I had to X out the last number on the year and write the right one. Anyways, we're in 2024. What January? What do people, what do people typically do in the month of January? Fast. Yes. Resolutions, yes. We decide, hey, we're going to. What is a common one? Resolutions. Go to the gym. Lose weight. What else do people want to do? Go to church more. Yes, hallelujah. What else do people want to do? Read the Bible. Stop drinking. Eat better food. Right? Go for a walk. Less TV. Less scrolling. There's all kinds of things. Go to sleep. (laughs) More. Sleep longer. Son, stand bed. Mom's New Year's resolution is to sleep more, and I'm getting it today. But we all have resolutions. We all want to do. Most of us want to do something. We want to try to improve ourselves or to be better. And so, in these next few weeks, we're gonna kind of piggyback on that, like a lot of churches. But we're gonna talk about predecide, predecision. First slide up there. Predecide. Better choices, better life. See, the Bible talks about decisions and how the wise make wise decisions. Those that make wise decisions are wise people. The righteous are wise in their decisions. Proverbs 16.3 says this, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. Commit to the Lord whatever you will do, and He will establish your plans. If we're committing our ways to the Lord, we are looking to Him saying, God, here's what I want to do. I give it to you, and then he'll take it and say, yes, yes, no, and he'll go, okay, great. Here is the plans that I have for you. It's not us saying, God, here, bless this, and we keep going, but we are submitting our plans. We are, it's like a proposal that you give when you walk into the bank and you want a loan for buying an apartment or a house, you put a proposal and you say, here's our finances, here's our history, here's here's what we can do, and they'll come back and go, okay, this is what we can do. Or no, this doesn't work. Yes, this works. It's essentially like that. We are coming to the Lord God. These are our desires. Lord, you establish our ways. You make our plans right. Now again, uh, I, I like to be an audible person. I like response. So here's an opportunity for response or your thoughts anyways my question that I have, which I think is going to be up on the screen, what do you think the difference is between people who are truly fulfilled in life versus those who are struggling? Meaning, someone that has meaningful relationships versus someone trying to hold on to hold a relationship together. Someone that is financially strong versus someone struggling to pay bills. Someone that is generous with those that are around them versus feeling like you have nothing to give. Someone that feels fulfilled in life and someone that just constantly feels empty, what do you think the difference is? Choices. Belief. Belief. Gratitude. Gratitude. Opportunity. Opportunity. There's several things that we could, that could make the difference in all of that. What I know for sure because I agree with all of you, but what I know for sure, having a fulfilled life versus having a, a life that feels empty isn't always brought down by intelligence. It's not always the smartest people that feel fulfilled in life. Because I've seen many of smart people feel miserable or feel alone. It's not always those that have the greatest talent in the world. We see that a lot with musicians and actors, oftentimes succumbing coming to drugs or alcoholism because they feel broken and empty or struggling to pay their bills. It's not always those that look the best either, that have the greatest appearance, the chiseled body or the, the best curves because those people also at times can't even hold down a relationship, a meaningful relationship. Oftentimes, though, what I think it always, a lot of it boils down to, with a lot of different factors, I, I would say it often boils down to our decisions. Our decisions are incredibly and indescribably important in our life. In the aim of our, our series, as we get in, as we talk about predecide, better choices, better life, the quality of your decisions determine the qual- quality of your life. The quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. Another way to say it is you make your decisions and your decisions end up making you. Meaning we make decisions. So, the, so today I decided I'm waking up at 6 a.m. I made that decision. Now, did I hit the snooze twice? Yes, I did. But I decided I'm doing that. But then also... Setting an alarm and hitting snooze ends up getting my brain going, I can just keep hitting snooze. It makes who I am. I then end up becoming someone that more often will hit snooze. Then my alarm goes off at 6. I'm going to wake up at 6. It's creating a discipline. So you could essentially say I, hitting the snooze causes in me, anyways, a lack of discipline. So I'm not as disciplined in my routines. So we, have, we make our decisions, and then our decisions end up making who we are. The reality is, many of us are not the best decision makers, are we? Or at least many of us know that there's been moments and times where we have not made the best of decisions. We want to eat right, but... Oh, I'm just going to swing into press beer and real fast and... That it's, it's springtime, and they're selling out, oh, last year's ice cream, 50% off. Hallelujah. It's a sign from the Lord, 50% off. If the ice cream's 50% off, it's 50% off my body fat. It is not going to stick. Hallelujah. Right? Right? How many of you have ever... Okay, we're not going to go there. I've had that justification sometimes. Some of us want to be wise with our money, but... There's a sale at Oleans. Ooh. Ooh, this week I got a I got a text message. There's a sale at Dressman, 70% off. My jeans were 70% off. Jo- <laughs> Lord, these sales only happen once a year. It is justification. You have provided a sale for me. Hallelujah. Let me go buy some jeans. I need some more jeans. Can I get a witness this morning? (laughs) Amen. Amen. I want to be wise with my money. but Oh, there's a sale. Oh, there's some, there's some (laughs) boule. Many of us want to be wise with our words, but... But, many of us want to love those that are around us, but sometimes we don't make the best decisions in what we want to eat in how we spend our money in how we say things or in how we love others. I mean, my life has some bad decisions involved in it. One time when I was a kid, I got into the game of golf. I must have been 12, 13, something in there, because I grew up in church. And what did every what did every pastor and youth pastor do? They played golf. It's like, okay, I knew at a young age I was going to be a pastor. So what do I got to do? I got to get good at golf. So I I got this club at a garage sale. That's what, like a Lopez, okay. Sorry, I gotta use that vernacular, Lopez. I went to Lopez and bought a golf club and had some golf balls. And there was a small little field out by my house. And what did I do as a kid? Me and my friends, we just started hitting golf balls. And what, what do boys typically do? Oh, look how far I hit it. Well, I can hit it farther than you. No, I can hit it farther. And so what did we do? We just start whacking the golf balls as hard as we can. Was that a fantastic decision on my part? No. Why? Because it went into the neighbor's window. That's why. Yeah, my little uh, five-crown sale at the, the Lopez turned into a 700-crown window replacement bill. Not the best of decisions. I was a kid. I was trying to have some fun. So there's decisions in my life that I do regret at times. Just like we probably all have a decision, at least one in our life, that we look back and go, man, I wish I would have done it differently. I wish I would have done this instead. You look back sometimes and go, man, if I would have actually gone to the gym three times a week in the last six months, I'd be somewhere different than by now. If I would have actually done my Duolingo and studied Swedish 15 minutes a day, I probably might be speaking a little bit better Swedish by now. From those silly regrets to the, why, why didn't I just study more in school? Why did I hang out with those kids, those friends? Because they ended up leading me down a wrong path. Why didn't, um, as parents now, why didn't I listen to my parents more when I was growing up? that they were smart. Because now I'm saying it to my kids. You'll regret this one day. When you're my age, you're going to look back. We're going, my parents said that to me. Why didn't I listen? The next few weeks, we're talking about decisions. So let's start with that basic question Why do we struggle with making good decisions? Why? There's a myriad of things, but I got three things for you this morning. The first one is just very practical we are overwhelmed with choices. Studies, a variety of studies say we make on average 35,000 decisions a day. What? I made the decision, like I'm trying to, I'm recalling some decisions. I made a decision to roll over in bed and hit snooze twice twice. I made a decision to how I got out of bed. I made a decision, do I get my clothes out or do I go to the restroom first? I made a decision, do I go get some food? Do I start the coffee pot? No, Angela did that. We make a variety of decisions throughout the day from small decisions to large decisions. Do I scroll now or should I do that thing that I've been putting off? So many decisions. We make so many decisions that many of us become what they now have defined as decision fatigued. We become tired and worn out from making so many decisions and so many choices. Where the study says the reality is you wake up and you you tend to make good decisions in the morning. You make good decisions at work but because you end up making so many decisions throughout the day, by the time evening comes, you are worn out and you are tired. And when you are worn out and when we're tired, it's like, maybe that's the time we wanted to go to the gym, but I'm just too tired to go to the gym today. Oh, I need to eat, I wanted to eat healthy, but I'm just too tired to cook some food. I'm gonna grab a pizza on the way home. We become so tired and so worn out because we're overwhelmed by our decisions on a daily basis. We're also, we also have a fear of making the wrong decision. Oftentimes for us, those that are following Jesus, we go, I don't want to make the wrong decision because I want to be right in the will of God. God, what is your will for me? I'm not going to choose until I know or I hear what your will is for me. I spoke with a gal this week I had an opportunity to share at at a local church's uh, Bible school this week. And a gal came up and and talked to me. She was from uh, Switzerland. She's like, how do you know what the will of the Lord is? How do you know when to take the right next step? Because oftentimes we go, God, I don't know what do I choose, A or ba A or B, A or B, A or B. And we get so caught up in A or B, A or B, that we end up not making a decision or someone else makes the decision for us. So we end up losing out. Sometimes we have, I, I told her, you know what? There's that step of faith, faith over fear, right? We choose faith. I'm going to step out in faith. You take one step forward. Okay, I don't know which one. Am i going to pick one and step into it. And if it's the right choice, I believe the Spirit will confirm, yes, you're making the right choice. And if it's not, you have the opportunity to step back and then step into the other direction. But we have to, at times, not allow our fear. We overanalyze things. Not sure if it's the perfect or it's the right choice or if they're the right person that I should have in my life. We just can't decide. But yet, an indecision is actually a decision. An indecision is the enemy of progress. We're called to be moving forward. So we make a, we have, we're overwhelmed by our choices. We have a fear of making the wrong choice. And then last, we also let our emotions overrule logic. We spend more time, someone said this, we spend more time analyzing which series to binge than which series we actually watch. We analyze what one should I, should I watch before more than we actually watch it. We overanalyze a lot of decisions that don't really matter. And then, just we, then we just end up making impulse decisions. Now, for me, I, even in December, I, I'm, I wanted to try to get away from my cell phone and not be using it as the alarm clock. Because, you know, if it's beside you, uh, 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 for me, if it's beside me on the, the bed, near the bed, what is one of the last things you're doing? You're scrolling before you go to bed at night. And then in the morning when you wake up, it's like halfway up scrolling, you know, and I'm trying to get away from that, to try to set up healthy habits, so I, I wanted an alarm clock for Christmas, and, I, and I've been looking for alarm clocks, and, and my mother-in-law got me one, and God bless her, thank you for that, but it wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted something small, because we have, you know, we go to Ikea, bedside tables are really small, right, and when God bless her. I love my mother-in-law, but my alarm clock is stinking huge. And it has a spot to charge my phone, and I didn't want that. She didn't know. She's just, God bless her. She was just trying to do something great. That's why I need to work, I need to study more Duolingo so I can talk to her more. So I went on Amazon and I had been, I had spent like an entire month scrolling different Alarm clocks on Amazon. How many of you have scrolled or looked, analyzed, researched the thing that you want to buy, right? Marlon, yes. Okay, thank you all my research folks. What did I end up doing? Oh, I like this one, click. Oh, this is gonna be good, I like this one. It's small, da, da da. I get it. Now, in the dark, the light is really bright. There are five light settings, but even the dimmest one, it's like a lighthouse in my bedroom couldn't handle that. (laughs) Turned it down. Also, is there a snooze button on there? No. Ah! Yes, I'm trying to be more disciplined and not hit snooze, but let's just be honest, I need a snooze button for those times. It's like in my rush of that's not the alarm clock I wanted, I'm going to buy my own. I ignored all the research that I did and just jumped on one. That's a silly 200 crown. I'm going to send it back, try to find something else. But it's an, I let my emotions up. Oh, I didn't get the right one. I'm going to pick one. I let my emotions overrule the logic of, Brandon, you've actually researched. You've spent a few hours finding the right alarm clock. Why didn't she go with that? We often let our emotions overtake us. Again, my emotions. My toilet seat broke at the house. People are coming over. I need to buy a new one. I find the brand, I bought the new one. Spent 800 crowns on it. The little hinges are not in the right spot. I gotta send it back. And I gotta spend 1200 crowns on the correct one. Come on, Brandon. Hopefully they give me my money back, but we'll see. But we let our emotions overrule the logic at times. For some of us, you know, for us parents, our kid upsets us and logic says we should be patient. But oftentimes, or sometimes, we let our emotions overtake us and raise our voice. There's some time there might be an unexpected temptation. Logic says that temptation is dangerous. Emotions say, let's party, let's do it, let's go for it, it's going to be fun, it's going to be great, you're going to enjoy it. But the decision ends up not being the best one for us. Whatever we do, we should not let temporary emotions take, make permanent decisions. Whatever we do, we should not let temporary emotions make permanent decisions. Why? Because the quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. You make decisions and your decisions end up making you. So one of the best ways for us to live a forward-looking, God, people-loving, God-glorifying life is to decide now what we're going to do later. For us as followers of Jesus Christ, we want his help to decide ahead of time what we will do so that we honor him with the best choices. If we're dating, we want to commit to the dating process and that relationship. If we're married, we want to commit our marriage to the Lord, so it's honoring to him. If, we're, if we are parents, we want to commit to our parenting and our children to the Lord. If we want to make wise financial decisions, we should commit our finances to the Lord. Our professional life, our friendships, what we wear, what we eat. Again, Proverbs 16.3 said what? Commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Jesus also told us in the New Testament, seek first his kingdom. And then everything else will be given to you. Jesus said that in the midst of people being worried about life, and I need to take care of this before I follow you, Lord. And Jesus said, hey, we have a good Father in heaven. If he cares for the birds of the air that flop around and grab the little worms or the insects, how much more will he care for you? If he even cares for the grass, how many of you have ever worried about the grass before? I mean, I have because I love my lawn and so I want to take care of it. I'm strange. But how many of us on average do we go, oh, I wonder if the grass got enough water. Oh, I wonder if the the soil underneath is good enough. Oh, I should add some fertilizer because that's a shade wrong green. I need to give some life to it. How many of us seriously walk around thinking about those things? We don't. And if our Heavenly Father cares for that, even the grass, the grass we walk on, how much more will he care for you? So Jesus said in our Father caring for us, we need to do what? Seek his kingdom first, and then he will take care of the rest for us. We need to be kingdom-minded. God, what are you doing in my life, and how can I be a part of it? Some of us might be impulse buyers, and that leads to worse financial decisions Again, there's the sale addressment and sometimes I want to say, oh Lord, it's that sale. It must be you. You provided a sale for me so I can buy it but then I look at my account and it's not enough money to buy my pants because I know my other commitments. If I buy my pants, then I'm not going to buy groceries. Kids, sorry today, daddy needed a pair of pants so we're just going to not eat today. Impulse decisions can ruin A moment or a lifetime. So maybe in pre-deciding, if you're an impulse buyer, maybe you want to pre-decide and go, okay, I see this sale, I want those pants, but I'm going to wait three days. I'm going to wait three days on that because that sale is going to be around for a bit. The pants might not be, you know, might. But I'm going to wait three days, and after three days, I'm going to check myself. Do I still want those pants? Do I have the means for it? Do I have the ability to get it? Instead of just rushing off to buy my pants, I'm going to check and make sure and be ready and be okay with it. Because even in that, we can also have the faith. The fear would tell me, oh, those pants are going to be gone. I need to jump on the sale really fast, really quick, because I don't know if that that 200 hundred pound pants are going to be on sale ever again like that. They were like 700, now they're down to 200. (gasps) Oh, you know. I, 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 can, I can save 500 crowns if I buy them now. But faith would also tell us it's okay to wait because if I allow the Lord to help me make my decisions, God, I'm gonna trust you that when I need a new pair of pants, whether they are 200 crowns or they're 700 crowns, you're going to provide for me what I need. That is what faith says, allowing the Lord not just to be, Lord, do you want me to take this job? Lord, should we buy this house? Lord, should we have kids? But Lord, help me make wise decisions on what groceries I should purchase today. Help me make wise decisions what clothes I should buy because he is in and wants to be a part of those things and faith says God will provide whether it's the 200 or the 700 crowns. That's what faith says. If we, are, if we are constantly worried or we have the anxiety about what the future, which could cause us to lose faith in the Lord, let's predecide God, when I start down that road of worry and anxiety, I'm going to go to you right away. I'm going to pull out my Bible. Lord, if I know that I worry a lot, so I'm gonna go to the grocery store and buy one of those whiteboard markers and I'm gonna write on my bathroom mirror a verse that's gonna help me to remind, remember, cast all my cares, cast all my anxiety, cast all my worry on the Lord because he cares for me. I'm gonna put that in front of my face so I'm reminded every morning before the anxiety hits, before the worry comes, my God will be there for me. I'm going to give it to him. So when that worry does come, Yes, I'm giving. Give it to the Lord. It's not necessarily to say, "Here it is," but in giving Him the worry, He will then give you back the peace. In giving Him the worry, you are being close to Him. I can't give Megan something right now because we're not close. But if I come up to her, say, "Megan, I'm giving you this." We are close. We are in proximity. So that then gives the Lord the opportunity to give back, to say, stay with me, my child. I know you are worried. I know you are fearful. I know you are anxious. Stay near me. Be with me in this moment. Let me be your peace. Let me be your comfort. Let me put my arm around you. We can't do that from a distance. So we have to get near the Lord. Cast all of our cares on him. So we want to predecide before we ever get into these situations we want to predecide lord what am i going to do in this Abraham predecided when god asked him to take Isaac his son to the mountain to offer a sacrifice god didn't instruct Abraham to bring a, a, an animal with cuz that's what you do you sacrifice an animal god said bring all the supplies and bring your son just don't bring an animal Abraham went he was 100 years old when god brought Isaac into his life his wife could ne- did not even have kids for years and years. She was 90 when they had Isaac. And God said, "You're going to be the father of nations. Your, your descendants are going to be more than the stars in the sky. And now he has one kid, and he's been called to take him up to the, to, the, to the mountain to offer a sacrifice. And Isaac's like, "God, our dad, we don't have an animal." And he's like, "Isaac, God is going to provide. God's going to provide." all the way up even to the moment where they built the altar, they put all the the wood on it. He tied his son up and put his son on the altar, raised his knife up to go down to kill his son. And the angel of the Lord said, stop, wait, Abraham. Abraham had the faith that, that I would imagine to even if he went all the way through, he had the faith to know even if my Lord requires my son, God will still bring the descendants through me somehow, some way, whether he raises my son from the dead or I have another son, God will still show himself faithful. He had predecided. I'm going to trust the Lord no matter what. And God provided in that moment a ram in the bush. In the book of Ruth, we read the story of a woman who had a strong commitment to her mother-in-law, Naomi, after her husband passed away. She said, Naomi, even though your son, my husband, has passed away, your people will be my people. Where you go, I will go. She had a strong commitment to this woman. And through that process, God provided and gave her a, a second chance at marriage with Boaz. And we find Ruth in the lineage of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Why? Because of her commitment. I am making a decision. Wherever you go, I will go. Even if it costs me leaving the people I love behind of my own home country, I will go where you go. Daniel, in the the book of Daniel, we read he was a hostage. He was held captive. The Babylonians had come into Israel and taken him and the entire country with them back to Babylon. And they said, Daniel, you're a smart guy and you, you and your friends are smart people. You're gonna join our king or King's Court Apprenticeship Program. This is what you're going to eat. This is what you're going to read. This is how you're going to, this is how your life is going to play out. And he said, wait, I've made a commitment to my Lord. I'm not going to do some of those things. I'm not going to eat your food. They said, hey, guy, this is what we do. You're either in the program or you're dead. And he said, hey, give me 10 days. You let your boys eat that food. And we, us boys, we will eat this food. And at the end of 10 days, you be the judge who's better who has a greater complexion in, in all those different things. And at the end of 10 days, they said, no, Daniel, you are a wise man. Why? Because Daniel committed, pre-committed, I am going to follow the ways of the Lord, even in captivity. So it all comes down to how do we make these decisions? Well, it's, it's, it's the question, what do you value? What are your values? What are your values? Meaning, what's most... What's the most important thing or things to you? What, again, another question to help you understand your values. What do you want others to think of you or say about you? A great, a great way to understand your values is pretend you're dying, you're dead. What do you want people to say? Write out the things that you want people to say about you at your funeral. That helps you understand your values. Not many, I, I don't think many of us want to hear at our, have people say at our funeral, that person was a jerk. I did not like them. I did not like working with them. I did not like going to church with them. I did not like riding in the car with them. Their, the food they made was terrible. Well, you know, that might be me, but it doesn't matter. I make a good burger and that's, you know, chili is sometimes good. I make a good steak, kors stroganoff. Chicken enchiladas, that's my wife. Yeah, she she. You know, sometimes my pasta, I think it's cooked all the way through, but it might be a little hard. It's crunchy. It's crunchy spaghetti. That's the onion in there, not the noodle. Another way to help us understand what we value, when people describe you, describe you, what do you want them to say? What do you want your reputation to be? To help us understand how, understand how to what pre what decisions we need to pre-make. We need to understand what are the things that we value. What do we hold near and dear? I'm asking that question, giving you time to reflect. I have it in here. It says pause. So this this leads us into. In all seriousness, this leads us into our our takeaway time, our, our time for reflection. I have two takeaways. Number one, when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. I hope you understand that. When your values are clear, your decisions are easier. Number two, decisions determine direction and direction determines destiny. Decisions, direction, destiny. Decisions determine direction, and direction determines destiny. In all honesty, you know what? Twenty years ago, I was this. I was in the entering the spring semester of my Bible college year, so I was a senior. This was my last semester. Ended a relationship that I had had for two and a half years. Just trying to focus on Jesus. And I made a decision, dated this girl, fantastic girl, but it just ended up realizing I was doing it for the wrong reasons. But in that, you know, you look back and go, man, I wish I would have done something different. I know I remember sitting there going, okay, this is the kind of father I want to be. And there are days where I go, okay, that, that college senior would be disappointed with some of the decisions I made today, these last few years. But I know they'd also be proud as well. So I know I want to get better at being a better father. So I, today I need to pre-decide when my daughter annoys the garbage out of me, how am I gonna respond? I'm emotional just like she is, and so my emotional self says, Stay away, stay away. But I know in that moment she needs love and embrace, and so I'm going to choose love and embracing over my emotions in those moments. So my question is, is your life moving in the direction of your decisions? Do you like the direction that you're going? If not, it's time to make some pre-decisions. So how we're going to respond today is this. You all, there are cards on, your, on the, the chair. There's the prayer card. So this is your opportunity to uh, use it. If you need another one, we have some more up here. But this is our response time. What I want you to do, I think I put this up on the screen. I want you for response, I want you to, to identify what, what is an area that you need to pre-decide in. Yes. I did. What is an area you need to pre-decide in? Then, based off that, knowing what you need to predecide, this will stay up here as well. What is it, what is it that you value? So, for me, I need to predecide in making better choices in how I respond to my daughter when she's freaking out. Well, in that, what is my value? My value is I want to be a person of love, and compassion, and empathy. That is my value. So then, based off my value, what am I going to predecide? I'm going to predecide. In every moment that I can, I will embrace and in love my daughter. No matter what I think, no matter what I feel, I will let her know she is loved and valued first. Then I can correct later. But she in this moment needs to know and understand my love and value. So we're going to put on some soft music. We're going to just take a few minutes and allow you the opportunity to have your own response time with yourself You can use the the cards, if you want to use your phone, use your phone, that's fine. But take some time and make make this evaluation of your life. What is an area of your life you need to pre-decide? What are your values regarding that area? And then what is your pre-decision?